Welcome to episode four of Overflow. I love that you are choosing to meet with me here, and I hope that each time you press play, that your heart is encouraged, challenged, and that you have more desire to become in your identity in Christ. The past few episodes have centered around the beauty that grows from knowing God and saying yes every single day to His Lordship over your life. I don't know about you, but I am no longer interested in even tiptoeing through one single narrow space of my life without God not only being the one leading me, but also being the one telling me where and which way to go. I've wasted too much of my life already trying things my way, and I can't get any of those breaths, days, or seasons back. I know this is why my soul loves the promise and beauty written in the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest and he leads me. He renews my strength and guides me along the right path to bring glory to his name. When I walk through the darkness, he calms my fears because he is close with me. He comforts, protects, and honors me by anointing me and overflowing me with his blessings. His goodness and unfailing love pursues me all the days of my life, and I will live forever with him. How can we seek to grasp that this is our reality and not run straight to his arms with everything that comes our way? He knows it's hard to be us, and he wants us to know he is our rescue in and through our happy and are hard. Knowing him is how we are able to run into his rescue, and it is also how we are able to truly receive his rescue. Which leads us into today's topic of knowing. Knowing your spouse. Now don't check out on me here because it is not lost on me that some of you listening today may not be married. Some of you are single and you don't want to be. You have not met the one you were made for yet, and some of you know you're called to a life of singleness. Some of you have walked through a painful divorce, and you didn't want to, but you had to. It wasn't your choice to. For some of you, the choice was taken away from you, and for others, you couldn't wait to. Some of you are grieving the loss of your spouse as they are no longer living And there's a few of you with an up-and-coming I do. I believe that no matter where you are, there is a word for you today. The design for the marriage relationship and the foundation on which it was meant to be built transfers to any relationship. To be known is to be loved, and to be loved is to be known. God is the master designer of relationships. He is the master creator of the marriage covenant. Even if you aren't married, we all know someone who is, and we can be an encourager for someone on their journey. We can be a listener that leads them to the truest love we will ever know, God. If you have children, you've not only been given the opportunity to display what a healthy marriage can be, you also have a voice into the shaping of the future marriages of your children. To understand what God means when he said that the two will become one, 
is to begin the covenant path to experience a depth of love with another person that you can only experience when you're walking in his design for the relationship. There will be countless opportunities to leave, to check out, to prove your point, to stray, to look the other way, and ignore the situations that should be at the front of your focus. There will be so many opportunities to want to be right and to be heard, and they will try to overshadow forgiveness and compete for the humility and grace that have the potential to lead you to a depth of love and intimacy that you can't ever experience if you don't stay. I must state a disclaimer here. There is so much violence and domestic abuse that takes place in relationships. And if you are being abused in any form, get out and get to safe help. I am not a marriage expert. I only speak to you today from my personal journey and from the magnitude of wisdom I've gained along the way. I have been married to my husband, Chris, for 27 years. My marriage is not perfect, and we have chosen each other and to stay more than we have thought about walking away. And we have thought about walking away. We've even tried to. I will never forget the night that we looked each other in the eyes and we made a decision to take leaving off of the table. Staying leaves the door open for God to do his miraculous work. Staying gives the opportunity for your eyes to be opened and the ability to see one another in ways you never even thought was possible. Staying cultivates fresh soil for your commitment of growing together as one to guide you onto God's greatest path for the marriage relationship. Once you close the door and leave, God can still work a miracle, but the separation leads to a disunity that may never survive its way back. And the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one. Mark 10.8 This is God's design. It's his very heart for the marriage relationship. In the same way that we, his followers, are the church, the bride of Christ, he gives the example of this covenant for the marriage relationship. He laid down his life for us so that we may come to know him and become one with him. I have never felt more known and loved in my marriage than I do when I know that my husband, Chris, and I are growing into becoming one in every aspect of our life. The way we lean into one another, seeking to put the other first, sacrificing our own desires to make sure that the other is cared for, sheltered, heard, championed, protected, provided for, we are partners in this life committed to serving one another and our home, seeking to live this life as one. This unity, this covenant can only become fully what God meant for it to be when we each individually are surrendered and committed. One partner cannot fulfill the whole. The two shall become one. Can I take you back for a moment and encourage you a little bit? 
What Chris and I are able to share today didn't just come to us or just happen by chance because we think we're soulmates. There has been some deep, hard, and crushing pain along the way. Beautiful, healthy, thriving, and magnetic marriages take a level of intentional pursuit, boundless grace and forgiveness, desire for longevity, gripping patience, and an ability to see beyond yourself to recognize the other. I have told so many of our stories before that it has startled me with the reality that statistically, we should have never made it. Most people that fall into our categories of statistics don't make it. We were young parents. We had miscarriages. We have a special needs child. Many career highs and lows. Grief and ministry. Suicidality. Addiction. And all of the other unexpected things that life can throw at you. Of course we love one another. But love is not enough to make and keep your marriage foundation strong. You will fall in and out of the feeling of love as your circumstances and seasons of life change. No one is always the same. In a constant state of the same emotion, the same mindset, the same anything. We are either growing and progressing or we are regressing and falling behind. Becoming one requires grit and grace. It requires our all-in whole self. This is where the deep beauty of intimacy is birthed to life. And I believe, based on my personal experience, that becoming one as you are seeking Christ as your number one is the only way that you can truly experience what God has intended for the marriage relationship. You can have a good relationship by doing it your own way, but why would you settle for good when you can have his great? Chris and I are experiencing the greatness of God today in our marriage relationship, not because we have some secret code with God or God only selects a few. We wake up every day and choose God first. We pursue him first. And then we move toward one another with the overflow we've received from God. He does this for us in our marriage relationships. He opens the door to lead us into some of the most wonderful, unbelievable, intimate, and special places with the one we covenant with, we co-labor, we partner in this life with. He helps us as we grieve together And he allows us to celebrate with joy together in the most special way. It's really unexplainable because God's love over us and for us is indescribable. He means for us to experience it, and then he makes a way for us to experience his goodness even more through our love and our marriage. When Chris and I reached the five-year milestone in our marriage— The pinnacle that seems to be the litmus test for how well you're making it. Well, we really needed some help. It was the first time in our marriage that the both of us had had enough wisdom to resist our pride and admit we needed some outside counsel. A third party 
to mediate between our mutual stubbornness and help us to see beyond our own individual perspectives. We sat down for our first session with a licensed professional marriage counselor, and it was no joke. He was there for a zero small talk, and right out of the gate, he was shutting down any sign of ego or pride within either of us. I didn't receive this approach very well in the moment. I mean, how dare him have no bedside manner at all? And didn't he know that a woman has needs to be seen and heard? By the end of the first session, we had some serious homework. We were to write a letter to one another, sharing all of the things that we loved about the other. Then, Mr. Counselor hands us a book. Reading it together and answering the questions after each chapter was our weekly assignment. It was The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. At the time, that's really the last thing either of us wanted to do with our time. Read a book together after he worked all day and I cared for two kids all day. To this day, we utilize the wisdom from that book not just in our marriage, but in our relationship with our kids and our family, our friends, in discipleship relationships, and even professionally. It sincerely has helped me become a more well-rounded individual relationally. You not only become aware of the way you receive love, but you learn to become aware of the way others receive love, and you seek to give love to others in the way that they receive love. It's a game changer. When you meet a challenge in relating to your spouse in a situation, stop and take the time to think through how they receive and seek to meet them there in that unique way. Here are a few quotes from the book. Real love. This kind of love is emotional in nature, but not obsessional. It is a love that unites reason, and emotion. It involves an act of the will and requires discipline, and it recognizes the need for personal growth. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It is a commitment. I am amazed by how many individuals mess up every new day with yesterday. Encouragement requires empathy and seeing the world from your spouse's perspective, we must first learn what is important to our spouse. Respect begins with this attitude. I acknowledge that you are a creature of extreme worth. God has endowed you with certain abilities and emotions. Therefore, I respect you as a person. I will not desecrate your worth by making critical remarks about your intellect, your judgment, or your logic. I will seek to understand you and grant you the freedom to think differently from the way I think and to experience emotions that I may not experience. Respect means that you give the other person the freedom to be an individual. Love is a choice you make every day. When the goal is to be right over the need to reconcile or to be heard over choosing to hear, we will constantly stay inside the turmoil of disunity. Choosing one another looks more like sacrifice than satisfaction, 
And yet, it's through sacrificial love that you find ultimate satisfaction. If there's no greater love than the love of God, and he sacrificed his only son so we could be sealed and satisfied in him and with him forever, then our sacrifice for one another and our marriage is only a fraction of the depth of love we can gain and experience together. The bride and groom standing together, choosing covenant love with God and one another. It's not a fantasy or a fairy tale. It's not a watered-down worldly version of love. It's a gut-wrenching, soul-deep, powerfully intimate encounter that no one or nothing can tear apart because you're held and tethered together by something more powerful than yourself. This is holy matrimony. This is covenant. This is the mingling of souls. Matt Chandler writes in his book, Mingling of Souls, When we commit to a spouse for life, we are agreeing to enter a sacred union between two sinners and Jesus. And when you've got two sinners walking together over the years, you will see just how sinful he or she and you can be. You don't really need to make a vow to stick with someone in the best of times. The inclination to run doesn't exist then. It's the low times the covenant is made for. There is no perfect marriage relationship. We are truly broken people seeking to pursue and love broken people. But broken people can become beautiful on the inside and make beautiful lives together. They can learn to stay and sacrifice and experience a depth of love and longevity in a relationship where history is made and marriages shine a holy light for generations to come. Lasting over leaving. This is where legends are made. Choosing love again all over each and every day. A covenant of becoming one. You guys know I'm compelled to leave you with some questions to challenge and encourage you. How do you view marriage? How has your view of marriage shaped how you partner in your relationship? And how does your view shape the way you talk about your marriage to your spouse and to others? In your relationship, is leaving still on the table? Are you willing to have a conversation with your spouse or soon-to-be spouse about taking it off? Do you know your love language? Do you know your spouse's or significant other's love language? How can you spend time this week having conversation around this and exploring what it would look like if you started to take notice and pursue one another in the ways you receive love? For all of you who are not currently in a marriage relationship, how can you pursue these questions in the relationships that you are in? And for all of us, no matter where we are, may we know that we are never more loved or more cherished than we are by God. We will never experience or encounter any other love like His. 
I read this over you today for when you are looking for love and it's complicated. This heart, I don't always know it well, but it beats and breaks. These must be the terrible clues of how I am made in love and for love. Blessed am I, the beloved, granting myself permission to see afresh what I love and who I love and how it is that I bring into the world the singular and necessary and irreplaceable gift that is me. Unreservedly, embarrassingly, in the strained confines of this imperfect day, let us decide that this thrumming pulse in its beauty and its breaking will finally be the proof that in the giving of love we receive. To be known is to be loved, and to be loved is to be known. Thank you for joining me today in the overflow. My words fall short of describing the privilege that I feel over sharing this space together with you. I hope we get many more opportunities Would you take the time to like and follow Overflow and share it? And if you don't mind rating and or reviewing, that would be awesome. When you do this, it allows Overflow to gain more exposure to others to join in and hopefully be encouraged with us. I can't wait until next time.